When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Continuing on Take Command, we get to Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins' offense in just a few minutes. But let's talk about the commander's offense. And, you know, we obviously spent a lot of time on Wednesday's pod breaking down where they were good, where they started to excel, some of the missed opportunities. And and when we say missed opportunities, sometimes it's as simple as the ball getting uh, batted down at the line of scrimmage that they had in the last game against Indianapolis. But when you look at this, this Minnesota defense, where can the commanders attack and, and what kind of day do you expect them to have? Yeah, so I do think the Minnesota defense is a pretty good group. You know, we had Dane on and he was kind of saying they're much maligned and they give up a lot of yards. But I think that's part of the deal. That's part of the philosophy. Um, the defensive coordinator's name escapes me at the moment, but he was the coach with me while I was in Chicago. He was the defensive backs coach under Vic Fangio. And this Vic Fangio tree of defensive coaches are, you know, Brandon Staley is a Vic Fangio guy and everybody out of there is a Vic Fangio guy. So um, basically the whole idea is that they, they've kind of revolutionized the way you're playing defense in the NFL. You allocate more coverage resources than you do to run, like uh, resources in terms of stopping the run. And so you get lighter, lighter run boxes and you usually get better coverage concepts in the back. He's a little bit more aggressive, I would say, than Vic. Like he's a little bit more like we're going to play a little bit of man in certain situations, got to have the situations more man. But I think overall you get that same principle. And so to me, the thing that sticks out to me and is kind of becoming an interesting storyline is like this team wants to run the football of the commanders, obviously. And for whatever reason, the um, the Minnesota Vikings defense, even playing lighter box structures, has been very good against the run. And I look at guys like Dalvin Tomlinson, and he's a guy that in my mind is maybe the best run-stopping defensive player like in the NFL like that's how good he is and he's a guy that allows you to play these lighter run structures and then the other guy that they brought in from Buffalo Phillips a former Stanford guy he's also that same way so they've got these two no two interior defensive tackles that aren't necessarily big guys but they're very very violent and they do a good job of making plays then you get Zadarius Smith and Danelle Hunter and those guys are excellent at setting the edge and they kind of funnel everything back to Kendricks in the middle of the field so to me, you should be able to run the football on this team, like just from a numeric standpoint, which leans into what Washington and the commanders want to be. Um, but for whatever reason, teams just have not been overly effective doing that. Like when you watch the down-to-down like run plays, yes, there are some some plays that hit. But for the most part, it's very tight. It's very muddy. And when they're doing what they're supposed to do, there's not a lot of space to run. So if that's the case and Washington can't find a way to run the football versus that box structure, you're throwing into – poor numbers basically right so instead of 
three over three, like you would get in a normal run box structure on first down, you're going to get four over three, which is again, mm -hmm. like a Vic thing. Like you're going to be outnumbered there. So they're going to need to figure out a way to get that done and find ways to, to kind of maximize that interior ability. Obviously, you know, um, Dane mentioned that they, they have some space, which to me is a little bit uncharacteristic of a Vic Fangio defense in the back end. So like they have these, these extra resources in the back end, but there is space on like deep in cuts, some stuff over the middle of the field. I'm not really sure why that is. I mean, it is a new defense for this group, so maybe they're still kind of finding their legs a little bit. But, um, which it again, so a little bit confounding because they do have more coverage resources allocated back there. But um, to me, that's the big storyline is can they can the commanders run the football? Can you force them to say, hey, we're going to bring a safety down into the box to stop the run and then kind of get to your passing game and, and be who you want to be from an offensive standpoint? Or are you going to bang your head against the wall like you did against uh, – Indianapolis for four quarters and you know yikes you know yeah I mean that's like yeah yeah like I mean no, that, I'm saying the first well I guess the first three and a half quarters were yikes and then yeah and then then the last two were not um yeah. but or the last uh, half quarter the last two drives were were not um that's super interesting um and I think would probably lead you to lead or believe that Brian Robinson might get a lot more touches this week after they really yeah. went heavier towards Antonio Gibson last week. But how important is it then if they have like these bigger guys inside? Well, I guess you said they're not, they're not huge, but they they're just play really bigger. good. They're really are good. They, at stopping like, the run. How is like, how is, are they from a mobility standpoint and an identification standpoint, you know, can, can the commanders use some of these game plan runs and use Curtis Samuel, use Gibson on the edge, maybe throw a reverse to Terry in there. So, like those kinds of things to keep him guessing, to help yeah. loosen things up. And then maybe Robinson can get going a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think both those guys, Phillips and Tomlinson, are both like, they're kind of exactly what you want, want from a run stuffing standpoint. So a lot of people think you need to go really big, get a really big body inside. These guys are just powerful men who are like, like one of them, like Dalvin is like six two and a half, six three like in that 320 range, but kind of a lean cut for 320 and just strong as an ox. And he can move his feet really well. You mentioned his recognition. Like he's excellent in there. So is Phillips. And so I think that's one of the things that makes them very good is they are good athletes for a big man and they're very, very smart, right? So I think, um, you know, in terms of developing a game plan, just when you look at the blocking schemes, you're like, our guys should win. This is a double team. We should be able to kind of take advantage of this matchup. But they're very good at splitting double teams, you know, out leveraging the kind of, you know, I call it like a post and a drive guy. So the guy that's posting, you know, they usually do a great job of kind of snaking that post and getting in the making some penetration and just being disruptive and making tackles. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Like then you say, oh, do we attack the perimeter a little bit more from a run game standpoint? Zadarius Smith is one of the best edge setters in the NFL, mm -hmm. you know, and I think Daniil Hunter is not bad either. So they do have personnel there that is problematic when it comes to running the football. I'm not saying you can't run the football, but it's just a different type of skill set than we, even we saw last week. I know um, Smith and Buckner got a lot of credit last week. This is like, it's different. It's a different animal in there. And the way that they play blocks, the strength that they have, you're going to need to bring your A game. And I think, I think like, find again, finding ways to misdirect them within the blocking scheme and, and not only on the scheme, but, stacking runs in a way that they say oh is this tight zone is this wide zone is this gap scheme and then just making them kind of second guess themselves might be an advantage 
The other thing that definitely you need to avoid is being in third and long, like yes. clear pass rush situations. Yes. Uh, you just talked about uh, Daniel Hunter, or sorry, not uh, Daniel Hunter, who's also excellent. Uh, yeah. But Zedarius Smith won uh, Defensive Player of the Week last week. And I actually listened to O'Connell's press conference from Wednesday, and he said, you know, we had a really detailed rush plan. By the way, Ed Donatell is the uh, the defensive player. Yeah, Ed Donatell. Yeah. Um, so he's like, Ed, Ed staff, and, and we had a really. Uh, comprehensive and, and detailed rush plan that involved moving Zedarius around. And so if you think of some of the troubles this team has had with Micah Parsons in the past, like obviously Smith is not Parsons, but that flexibility to line up over any single offensive lineman in any gap is there and they will use him. But obviously to do that, you need to be in pass rush situations, your you know, obvious passing downs. So last week, part of the reason the commanders were really bad on third down was they got in a ton of third and long situations. And while Taylor is a lot better than Carson in those situations in terms of just avoiding sacks as seen by the numbers, uh, the first six weeks versus the last two, if you get in those situations this week, Taylor's either going to be running for his life or it's going to be just bad news bears. Yeah. So against Arizona, Zedarius, even on first and second down was basically playing like a nose guard from off the ball. Like they basically used him like Jeremiah Trotter. They like Philly did, you know, like whenever that was in 2002. And then yeah. obviously um, Houston Texans used Jadavian Clowney like that a little bit, probably into 2017 ish, something like that. So again, like there's, and, and, you know, Donatel was in Houston for a little bit, so he probably picked up some of that, but again, like finding, the idea of Larson, the commander center, blocking Zedarius Smith on first and second down from that position is going to be a tall order because, you know, usually he's in a double team, all those different things. And then from a pass protection standpoint, Zedarius is a very unique body type. He's like 285, 290 pounds. He's tall. He's built like in a very thick kind of way. He looks like a defensive tackle almost or, you know, at least a 4-3 defensive end, just a bigger body type guy. And so he is perfectly at home. And then quite frankly, when you watch him in Green Bay, when he had that 15 or 16 sack season, he did a lot of his damage rushing on interior defensive linemen. And he's just bigger than you think, he's stronger than you think, and he creates mismatches. So I, that's something that, again, is very, very concerning because I think understanding what speaks to his skill set is something that they weren't doing well at the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden over the last probably two or three weeks, you're seeing, you're seeing them kind of broaden the usage package. And then, you know, not to mention that you have guys like, um, you know, Daniel Hunter, who I think is amazing. He's one of the freakiest athletes in the NFL um, and is very, very productive, has had, you know, uh, double digit sack seasons multiple times in his career. So they have people there. And then, you know, we mentioned Tomlinson and Phillips are big guys, but those big guys are powerful guys and they're able to push the pocket in a nice way. So it is a, it is a scary group from a pass protection standpoint because they do have these, these two freaks on the edges and two guys who are maybe not the most dynamic pass rushers, but they can press the pocket. So I definitely agree with that sentiment of like staying out of third long, staying out of obvious passing situations is going to be very, very critical. And, you know, that's something Ron has talked about and why they like Brian Robinson. So he does, he does a decent job of keeping them on schedule. So I don't know. I think they're going to stick with running the football. Like that's just who they want to be. That's what they want to do. But I think you need to be smart about it in terms of sequencing. Like it's okay to have a second down run after trying to throw the ball on first down, I think. And making sure you're converting and you're not putting yourself in these terrible situations. So quick game's good, all that kind of stuff. You know, we haven't even talked about the back end yet. They have some absolutely 
game yeah, changers in the back. That's where I was going to go next. Is like, okay, well, Terry McLaurin has been a huge factor the last couple of weeks. Curtis Samuel's been a big factor, although him, you know, a lot of his factoring has been as a runner. Uh, right. But what what about the potential to attack down the field and generate some big plays to McLaurin, who has been the reason they've won some of these games recently? Yeah, so I think one of the things that sticks out is one of the reasons they're able to <clears throat> run these lighter structured boxes is because their safeties have been playing so good. Harrison Smith obviously has been a, one of the most productive safeties in the NFL since he came into the league <clears throat> out of Notre Dame. And uh, the other guy I'm not really sure, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with, but he's also playing at a very high level. And so, you know, Harrison's got turnovers. He's a great tackler. He's fit and runs. Um, they are aggressive to the run, so I do think play action is important. But they also, in this scheme, understand that they don't have to be overly aggressive because their front's doing a good job of stopping the run. And and so kind of walking that line, Patrick Peterson's playing corner. He's an interesting dude to me because he seems to have found a little bit of um, – you know, resurgence or the fountain of youth in his career. Cause he looked, I think I don't say he looked bad, but he didn't look very good last year. And now yeah. he seems to be kind of found his home looking much more consistent. And even Cameron dancer, quite frankly, is a guy that really struggled last year, but is looking more consistent now. Like how does that jive with the offensive production that teams are seeing? And that's hard for me to say, because when you watch them down to down, you're like, dang, this group's pretty good. You know? And I do think like, so this is an important thing to note the Minnesota offense has not been overly efficient, right? I think there's been a couple games where they've only converted two of 14 or 15 first downs. I think the Miami game, they really, really struggled. And when you watch them on a down to down basis, this is the, the composition of this team and the identity of this team is much more akin to that of Indianapolis than it is to Philadelphia. And what I mean by that is they really rely on the defense to do a lot of heavy lifting, create some turnovers, switch field position. And, you know, while Kirk is a very good football, very efficient football player, there's times specifically early in games, I'm watching the Arizona game again before we got on the call. And it just looks like it's labored for him. He's missing throws. He's not making plays. And eventually he finds his legs on a drive and they score seven points. Right. But in the, in, in those doldrums, the defense is really keeping them in games. And I think that's something that, um, that, that is, 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 is interesting. It's not what I expected when I was watching. I expected this to be, you know, a very potent offense. They're six and one. It is a good offense, but it's not a great offense. And I think the group that's playing a little bit better is the defense. And it was interesting to hear Dane talk about it because it's almost sounded like he was disappointed in the defensive production. But in my opinion, and to my eye, that that's the side of the ball that's more effective. So it's interesting how that matches up, right? Because I think the Washington defense should be able to handle outside of Jeff Justin Jefferson handle what they bring offensively relatively easily and i think the offense is going to struggle kind of managing some of the playmakers that they have on the defensive side of the football <laughs>